Well, uh, welcome. This is week two of um, How Now Should We Live, uh, our podcast, and we can um, we can start talking now because the washing machine stopped uh, making a racket. <laughs> it was uh, holding us up uh, a little bit this morning. So listening, how do we listen uh, well to one another? Uh, and I think it is a challenge. I, I meet lots of people and uh, I think in my interactions, people are really keen to talk. Mm. Uh, and that's probably because they haven't really, you know, had a lot of people around them for the last year. Um, but I think it's a challenge to us as a community. If everyone's talking, how are I actually listening uh, to each other? Uh, and I think there's some personal experience of how we've been listened to mm. uh, and experience of being listened to. I think can think of telephone conversations where I know actually they're not really listening. Uh, they're just mm. waiting to get their point across. Uh, and I think we can be in the danger of, uh, of kind of living a little bit like that. And I think now, you know, after a year and, and some of COVID, people have been quite solitary in many mm. ways or have been locked in with their little group of people. But some people have been largely by themselves or with just one other person. So maybe a lot of people haven't been listened to. So that's significant to this COVID time. But also as we approach discerning mm. how do we go forward as a church, how now should we live, um, really I think... For us, we were thinking it's really important that we are listening to other people, to their experiences, um, and that other people are listening to each other. Because mm. when you've been by yourself for a good amount of time, you get in your, your own fixed ideas mm. of what is best, of what is going to happen. And then you meet other people and it and it's, you know, quite soon becomes apparent that they had a different idea of mm. what was best. So even kind of just as we begin to approach moving forward as a church of getting back together again and mm. um, just being aware of how much we're going to need to listen to each other uh, because we haven't been around each other and to listen to each other because we've probably all experienced not being listened to mm. um, enough, especially over the last year. And it can be, I think, if we're so focused on our own experience and I think that even the most self-aware person over the last year has gone in on themselves mm. uh, and uh, has probably got a very fixed understanding of uh, of what's been going on and what's been working. That's why I think the boats thing, I think, is really yeah. uh, kind of really refreshing way um, because I you know, can think of some people who have been on cruise liners where they've not felt yeah. the waves uh, and other people on shaky rafts and, yeah. um, you know, felt every little bump. And I think, you know, those two extremes and there's lots of people in the middle but the person on the cruise liner has a very different you know experience uh, and if we're not careful that person will miss the lessons learnt by the person on the raft absolutely um, and I think um, being open to that and being open to your perceptions and your understanding to be challenged a little bit I think mm. um you know, we don't all have the full picture of things. So it's that balance between honouring what people have experienced, um, but being willing to be open to yeah. letting other voices just say, oh, that's oh, that's interesting. You felt like that. I'd never thought that way. Um, and I think there's loads of things like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. just thinks, you know, there's some people who their work life, home life has not changed at all. You know, yeah. they've gone to work the same job over this last year. There's other people who have wrestled with homeschooling. There's other people who've been paid just to sit around, mm -hmm. you know, and how do you... And other people whose whole worlds have changed because they've been laid off or, yeah. you know, 
So there's so many different sort of experiences. Uh, and within that, there's so mm. many different personality types, but so many different you know, histories that we bring into this. So the complex nature yeah. of all of us you know, interacting with these different ways. Um, and it's interesting because sometimes um, maybe if you've had an easier time of it, maybe you haven't seen the full picture, but also if you've suffered and had a really hard time of it, maybe you're also only seeing that picture. Mm. So it's in that collective experience, in our putting everything together, that I think we're going to have a bigger and broader experience, that we're going to be more compassionate and um, empathetic to each other. And I think that is how we go forward. Mm. And just the... the the kind of health challenges of the last year, yeah, you know, the mental yeah. health challenges that people have faced. Um, I think, yeah, you know, isolation and restrictions mm. and lack of distractions uh, has a will have had a big impact on people's mental health. Yeah. And you pick it up in the news, you know, it's quite a hot topic. There's lots of people who are sharing about the consequences of. This uh, from last what year. I understand, you can't get to see a counsellor at the minute. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just completely overrun because. People have had it tough and mm. they need to talk to somebody about it. Um, we all need we all need people mm. and we all need to be there for each other. And, um, you know, we have to find ways of listening to each other. And also, I think certainly the last year has been a challenge because those things that we found really helpful to do in our lives, they've often they're the social things or yeah. the interactions and they're things that have stopped and then we've been left, you know, just looking at the same four walls. Mm. Uh, you know, even if it's really lovely four walls yeah and you've loved those four walls for many years yeah uh, just this kind of you know interaction with one place um but like i said other people it's not you know yeah it's been very different so um and i'm just i'm also just aware though as well that how many um that you have to be considering those who also aren't really able to tell their story yeah, and okay. i've read a few articles recently about um child development in light of the last year mm. that children haven't seen their parents looking at other adults so they don't know how to you know if you think about like a two-year-old learns yeah, how okay. to approach another human being by seeing what mummy does they haven't really experienced that and particularly when you only ever go out in a mask mm. um so some of what we really have to be kind of gently kind of working towards is what what are the untold stories mm. what are the things that are going to develop in um the years to come that are going to, you know, be serious hallmarks of COVID, mm. um, and how are we, how are we kind of pre-listening to those stories ahead of time? Yeah, and I think the other reality is, you know, we can say it's really important to listen. Um, some people find it really hard to share and to talk, mm -hmm. um, and probably whether that's through self-awareness or just a you know, inability to, to verbalize yeah. stuff. I mean, there's all sorts of challenges with listening um, because if you're not mm. careful, you just hear certain voices and you don't hear yeah. other voices. And, you know, I'm certainly mindful of that. You know, just as a church community, we can um, get, it can feel like the loudest voice wins sometimes. It feels like that sometimes. There's certain people who, you know, I've, I've heard other people say, oh, I had to take a different route because I really didn't have to. I was in a rush and I didn't have time to speak to that person today because some people are talkers. Mm. Other people really just won't. You know, mm, you, yeah. you see them and it looks like everything's fine and maybe what their life experience is, they need to share that and maybe you need to hear it. Mm. But I think you talked about it as being wearing a mask on Sunday. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, 
there's, there's some of us are going to have to stop talking for a while and mm. listen and some of us are going to have to start talking and how we weigh that up and go on a bit of a seesaw with it is going to mm. be interesting and i think it's it's going to need patience on both sides you know mm. i think you know we'll get it right we'll get it wrong um but it's that willingness to the journey and i think that's yeah. what holds church together isn't it it's okay we might be really struggling with the pace of things we might really struggling with what's going on but are we willing to journey you know and you know we've talked about lewis and clark didn't we and you know their adventure and their journey Mm. uh, and they stuck at it you know because they committed to doing it you know and okay it has and lots of adventures like that you see that it's just on an adventure and actually the success might not necessarily be getting to the destination but the commitment to stay together and i think you know that's what's going to mark uh, churches apart or those churches who can get it right and yeah. stay together is okay this is hard this you know you know we did that survey thing and we're still waiting mm. we don't know all the results but yeah you know, i just had a quick look at it and there's huge divergence on yeah, what people think absolutely. and it's like both all of us have to be patient with each other yeah uh, and have to compromise so because on one side of the debate need to compromise with the other and that's that's the active listening that's actually saying you know i'm prepared to be patient and journey with you because mm. the journey is important um, i know that I, i've heard it said a lot in the past of um of why my grandparents have said you know well in our day you didn't have the option of divorce we just had to stay together and they've, they've always spoken about that as mm. a positive um you know well you just had to get on with it and it's interesting because that doesn't necessarily mean that marriage was a positive marriage mm. that they went on through the rest of their lives to um, support each other and honor each other and I think some people even within churches can have the very similar view of a church of a well you just have to get on with it you mm. have to slog it out and now you know I'm not in any way kind of putting a view on on divorce what I'm saying is I think it's not just about the getting on mm. with it like being with a person it is that that kind of honoring that person mm. as a person honoring their differences and working with them mm. not just because you've said it and you'll make a commitment yes. and you'll put up with each other because yeah. we are all together at great shelford free church it's how do we mm. help each other and move on with each other and love each other and, and that i think that that requires compromise and, and grace and love uh, well a love i mean ultimately because yeah. otherwise really what's what's the point i mean mm. is, is there any point in having a church where we all mm. just put up with each other um, and yeah. i want to think that we're going to come back because we love each other and you know yeah. we want to be part of church together yeah. and i think what i mean i reflect a little bit on um jesus interaction with the crowd uh, and you know i think after i shared that on sunday i thought a little bit more about the interaction that jesus had with the crowd and thought more about what most people's interaction as a crowd is and um mm. uh, i quite like watching sport and you know at the end of uh uh you know it doesn't happen so much anymore because you're not allowed fans in the football stadium but it used to be the players would go up and interact with the crowd sometimes clap and you know think at the end of a formula one race you know how you know the winner interacts with the crowd uh, around them and those interactions with the crowd are very superficial very basic very just you know, effectively just communicating joy or one thing to that group. Um, Jesus was met with a crowd, and we don't know the size, but he heard and saw everyone. And that's a really different interaction with a crowd. And I'd say I don't think that happens very often at all, that you're part of a crowd 
that gets heard and listened to i know that there's a thing kind of i think most kind of um most musicians pop stars would at some point say during the concert i just love you guys so much it's a real yeah. celebrity thing i yeah. oh i just love you all so much i really love you just completely not meaningless yeah. it doesn't mean anything they can't see them if they walk past one of those people again in the street they wouldn't recognize them yeah. um so you know you can get you might get a, a meaningless kind of fuzzy about your crowd yes. but to actually look into a crowd and and see and that's that's quite remarkable the yeah. way jesus is accounted yeah, for I, doing that I, I don't think there's an there's an instance where that would you know that would ever happen you know i think that's you know something remarkable and and ultimately what did jesus do well he stopped and i suspect his plans were changed and he mm. sat uh, and he listened and heard and i'm assuming the disciples got involved as well and people listened and heard to people but mm. you know most you know most sports stars pops aren't going to hang around to listen to a whole crowd they're off doing whatever they do um but jesus chose to be with the people and i think that's uh uh, that active listening you know, yeah and we talked about you know it's not just hearing people it's seeing them and then it's having compassion and not even just seeing them i mean like there's a whole lot of senses went on with jesus he sensed the woman who touched him in the crowd yeah. he yeah. didn't even see her he didn't yeah. hear her he sensed her touching him and um, you know he allowed the children to clamber over him yeah. you know, weren't busy times and he had a he had a job to do yeah. but we don't get the sense of him being too busy and no. um, although we do also see him being quite disciplined about yeah. having time by himself so it's it's not that we're just saying you know yes you're just to be there to be trampled over by everybody all the time and that's far and from th- what we're saying and uh, yeah at all, and i think it's a model not for the individual but for the church yeah you know, okay. i think it's it's you can sometimes think well okay that's what you know that's what i need to do or that's what our deacons yeah. need to do i don't i think it's the model for the church as a whole body Mm. that's what we should do and you know you know we know that there's people gifted in different areas Mm -hmm. of uh, of ministry and how do we resource those you know different areas and and it's a challenge for the whole church as well um because i think otherwise you come away thinking oh i could never do that on i just need to go absolutely yeah i just need to go around and rescue everybody and i'll stay and i'll be the one staying the latest and you know kind of just do you know see everybody and uh, i don't think that's the point Uh, i think it's because that martyrdom is is exhausting <laughs> and you know I, I think i think particularly within christian circles you, you always seem to feel bad that you're not there for everybody all the time and yet it's difficult because the message is the message of the bible the message of jesus is that jesus was there for mm. everybody but that's helpful that you said that that mm. it's not that each individual mm. necessarily needs to do that because we are flawed and you know we just how only have so many resources but as a church how are we being there and that and that requires us all to play our part within the body and within the church life and even if you're you're not actively involved in that stuff so you know if you're in charge of the finances you know say Mm. or if you're in charge of administration your role is just as important because the stuff that you do resources the church to be what it can be um and i think getting the balance within you know, our understanding of the body of Christ, I think mm. is really, um, really important. And I think that's when, um, okay, when we act as a whole church, we can hear the crowd and we can mm-hmm. 
serve the many because actually we're resourcing each other to do that and in in theory although it doesn't always work like this but in theory that is kind of what a church meeting is it's much more than business it's that it should be checking on the overview of that of your particular part of the body of christ um, and seeing how we're all working together and are there are there areas that really need celebrated but are there areas that need encouragement Mm. and maybe even more kind of equipping and i think that's uh yeah so certainly responsibilities the pastor is to have an overview of those things and mm. uh, and holding the frustrations of different groups who want to be doing different things i think is a challenge um but uh having a, a broad picture uh, of how things are uh, and then people being patient i've been very thankful over the last people have been patient you know understanding mm-hmm. where we're going and understanding uh, what we've been um doing um because it does require patience you know if yeah. we're not careful we can just defend and we talked you know about defending our little kingdoms it's mm. like no, this is the most important thing and uh, i think it's a real challenge for us to get that balance right. and it's interesting i think some of the people who are most susceptible to that kind of little kingdom mentality are pastors yeah i've seen just so many of them you know mm. you can very quickly justify everything that you're doing and and rule with a degree of well-met tyranny <laughs> and um you know that that isn't healthy and it often mm. falls apart at a later date and people think why do we agree to all of that <laughs> um so you know we have to be humble in mm. saying well here's here's our shortcomings as well so that mm. people are there to play their part mm. in the body of christ yeah very much so and it is that at the end of the day you know we're i'm not called to be jesus i'm called to lead the church and as a church we're called to be yeah. the body of christ uh, and that's our role as a fellowship and that's what marks out the church is its unique role in our world mm. uh, more than anything else that's its role uh, it's not defending an institution it's not protecting a building yeah it's not you know necessarily doing all those things it's actually you know being that body uh, expressing that love uh, to those um, around us at this time and place as well yeah. that that's there are so many churches across mm. the world or bodies of Christ. Um, and they have been since, you know, Christ left his Holy Spirit for us. So it's how we how we acknowledge that this is our little part to play. Yeah. And it is an important little part to play. Mm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I think that's um that's important. I guess so the the kind of you know, when we started doing this podcast, I kind of struck by the so what question. You know, mm. Okay, we need to listen to each other. You know, and that's important. Um, and I guess ultimately then it's, we need to listen to each other, but then also how are we listening to God and discerning yeah. God? And I think that's where we're going a little bit this Sunday is thinking, well, actually, yes, mm. that that's really important self-care. We need to listen to one another as a body, but also how then do we discern and listen to what? God saying because there can be so many conflicting yeah. voices and that's what I thought it was really interesting Diana and Clive this week and I thought it was very interesting for those who might not have seen it um, I'm, I'm sure most of you will have but um, that Clive Diana had said that what if she said there was cake being given away at the cake shop mm. and that he wouldn't necessarily know whether to believe her but if lots of people said that there was cake being given out at the cake shop then he would know that it was okay, he could believe, and he would go and get some cake from, um, sorry, from the co-op being held, um, handed out outside the co-op. And I, I thought about that. I thought, that, yeah, that's really good, actually, because I can help discern God's will because many people think 
that that's the same thing. The only slight problem with that is if you always surround yourself among the same type of people, mm. it can be very easy to all think a certain way and to have a certain way of um, of being. Mm. And we see this all over, you know, we've, we've seen this a lot in the polarization of America mm. um, in recent years. And I, th I think it can happen to us. Mm. We are only around people who share our point of view. Yeah. So how do we how do we test that? How do we test if what we're saying and what those around us are saying and backing up our views, is that God's will? Mm. Um, because then there's a tendency, if you hear something from another group, you just know that's their point of view and they're not necessarily godly or biblical or whatever. So it's how mm. do we... How do we integrate these different types of points of view and ways of thinking? Yeah, and that I think that's the responsibility of, you know, to be good listeners and to, to really hear beyond you know, our bubble. And they talk about, you know, mm. it's kind of uh, a lot of news and media is it kind of locks you in a uh, yeah. so kind of feed you stuff that they know you're going to want to consume. Uh, and you step out and suddenly see someone who's talking a different way about the same thing. And it's like... Hmm, what a second why is that so mm -hmm. different and, and i think the online world brings that to be yeah, a very real so. danger if you're mm -hmm. because of the way um online media tailors itself to what yeah. you supposedly like or already view um you can end up never seeing anything other than that yeah. which is currently your view yeah and i think and within the christian world as well you can mm. you can only read the you know conservative author or the liberal yeah. stuff or that magazine or mm -hmm. yeah and it can be so easy to get locked into yeah you know that person's bad because actually they believed that and you know point. all of you you all share the same books in the same house group so you all end up thinking the same thing and you know outside that group actually there are the maybe ways of thinking and it's mm. how as we go forward as a church particularly as we've all been kind of locked up for the mm. last year how do we come out and hear god mm. and not just dismiss that if somebody else's view is not your view then it's mm, not yeah. god's view i think you know i think i think we all maybe have a little bit of a tendency to think we know what god wants yeah. um but you know having known that my views have changed over the years and i think well hang on if i didn't if it wasn't mm. god's view then and now i think that it is you know so you, you've got to be kind of careful and so that brings us to how are we discerning mm. Um, God's will as we go forward, which I think we're going to be talking about on Sunday. Yeah, and that's a huge challenge. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. So, if and, anybody listening kind uh, of knows the answer to that, and <laughs> um, if you could give it to us by yeah. about kind of Thursday this week, that would be awesome. Well, I guess you know the the quick answer will the Bible will tell us. Yeah. Uh, but you know, hand on heart, I've studied the Bible for years. You can make it say Whatever pretty much you want. what you want it to say. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, there is a real challenge to just saying, well, we'll just do what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, I think the Bible requires a lot more of you than that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were not given an A to Z of life. Um, just it's a cop out saying, well, I'll just I found that verse and I'm going to do that. Um, the Bible is a uh, is a much more special, precious, complex, uh, complex book than that. Mm. And um, I, you know, I kind of. I struggle when I hear, you know, yeah. or that's what the Bible says. Um, because, you know, I think so much of scripture is understood in community. Uh, and I think that's why we have such a great divergence in our, you know, uh, expressions of church, because 
you know, we all read the same Bible, depending on what translation you read, but different communities discern yeah. and work it out differently. And it's some of the reason why the Bible has stayed so relevant for the last two, yeah. how many hundred years. And it's some of the reasons why it can be so well used, but also so poorly yeah. used. Uh, and, you know, you know, I think a, a clear understanding uh, of what the Bible is and how we are to um, to use it because we weren't promised. Jesus never promised us the Bible. He promises the spirit. Yeah. Uh, and the Bible is our record of how that conversation mm-hmm. went. Um, but he didn't promise us a black leather bound book that we keep on the shelf. That was never part of the deal. No. Um, yeah, these are, pe- there are, are records of, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus ministry of the early church uh, and visions and dreams. Um, and it's, it's worth a lot for us to wrestle with it well mm-hmm. uh, and not to treat it cheaply. Um, but it's certainly not an instruction book. I remember doing mm. a children's talk about 20 years ago of um, it, the Bible being God's instruction book. And I, I cannot disagree with that anymore now. <laughs> but, you know, I said it and it was a really good children's talk, but I don't mm. agree with the content anymore. <laughs> um, it's far from being an instruction book. Mm, yeah. It's very, very complex. Mm. And as we go forward trying to be biblical Christians, yeah. that, you know, it would be easier if it was an instruction booklet. Yeah, that I would mean, be brilliant if it was black and white. If it was, you know, the handbook of how to be a Baptist in yeah uh, in our area, it would be lovely. It's like, well, you know, on this day of the week, you should be out there doing that. Yeah. And on this, you know, this week, you should be doing that. That would be lovely. You know, mm-hmm. you know you'd come, well, I don't know, but it would kind of certainly be simpler. Yeah. Just following the rule simpler. book. Yeah. You know, just being told what to do, you know, like a, a, a manual of, uh, of living. But it isn't that. And... Uh, I think there's a huge responsibility. And as we've looked at the early church the last two weeks and um, a little bit of Jesus' ministry, it's just it was interesting just to reflect on what they were doing and why. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, the drawing of the lots, I think, is really interesting. Yeah. You know, just that, uh, you know, agreeing together that this was the way that a decision would make. It doesn't mean that that's how we should make every decision now, mm-hmm. um, although it is a little bit simpler, just, you know, uh, <laughs> flipping a coin and saying we'll do what the coin says. Um, but that's what they, that's how they discerned it. And that's how they came to the conclusion. Uh, and it might be helpful for us to do a similar thing, but they came to that conclusion because that's, they prayed about it and they discerned it and that's what they felt was right. Mm. Um, and some of scripture reads like that. Other scripture is very, is very kind of a little bit clearer on things. Um, so it's not that there's, you know, you know, that it's all like that. There's, you know, elements of clarity within it too. And I think, Mm. Um, it's just a huge responsibility, you know, to, to weigh up scripture. Uh, and probably the more time, you know, I've been in ministry, the probably the higher, you know, the kind of more responsibility I feel to mm-hmm. um, to weigh it up well uh, and to um, to use it well. Um, and probably also because I've seen it used so poorly, mm. you know, and it's like I don't want to treat it like that. Um, but so that's the challenge a little bit where our thinking's going Um this we would encourage you if you haven't done the survey that we put out on Sunday yeah. um, to do that. I think we're not, it's not a, um, it's, it's for a general overview. And the words I think are going to be really interesting. So we'll create a, uh, just a way of us mapping what the common words were. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that might help us as we pray through uh, and work through as a, uh, as a whole leadership team, really um, working that through. Mm. Um, but I think we're kind of uh, you know, nearly out uh, of time. Um, and I, th- I think we would be interested to know if people do have strong 
feelings mm. or or even just inclinations of what is God saying to us during this time mm. and and challenge those of you who think that you don't like to speak up yeah uh, to speak so. up um or how do you hear God's voice mm. um it will be interesting to to hear from you and hear what you think maybe God is saying to you even if it doesn't make a huge amount of sense just now because those, and weighing things, those things together yeah and those things help us as a church grow because you know you weigh them up don't you and you think that person said that and that's their experience and those are things that we wouldn't we would possibly we would have conversations with people in coffee after yeah. church and we would hear that whereas now because we don't see people we're not necessarily picking up on what is going on yeah. um and yeah we mm. we we want to be together on this yeah, very much so so we'll leave it there um thank you for listening thank uh, you hopefully uh, you have listened uh hopefully we'll continue to listen uh, as uh, as a church uh, and grow together uh, and learn from each other. But um, we'll leave you this day and God bless. Goodbye.